Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Solving the Puzzle with Dr. Datis Karazian, informing you about evidence-based strategies for autoimmune disease, brain health issues, Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, gut health problems, and many other chronic health conditions. If you enjoy this podcast, you can find more information on today's episode and other topics at drknews.com. In this podcast, I want to clear up the confusion about nutritional supplements for the thyroid. So let's just first start about talking about what the most common cause of hypothyroidism. The most common cause of hypothyroidism is really an autoimmune response. It's not due to a nutritional deficiency. So you need to know when it comes to the peer-reviewed evidence-based literature, there is no nutraceutical that can be used to cure uh, or specifically treat hypothyroidism and reverse it. It It doesn't work that way. Um, so, you know, people sometimes in the outdated world of understanding lab tests, uh, understanding what hypothyroidism is that don't evaluate, uh, laboratory markers make the assumption that, you know, if you're hypothyroid, then you should be deficient of a nutrient. And the two most common nutrients that, uh, they use is iodine and tyrosine. And this is really a concept that's really come out from the 50s and 60s that still persisted in the field of nutrition, which is really outdated and even maybe harmful for many people, specifically iodine. So the three, actually there's three classical supplements that are typically used, iodine, tyrosine, and then and then thyroid glandulars. So what I want to do is I want to talk about those first. And I want to then talk about the autoimmune part of the Hashimoto's, because there's definitely uh, publications and, and research that shows in humans and even some clinical trials that show various nutritional supplements, nutraceuticals, have some effect in dampening the inflammatory response of Hashimoto's and autoimmune. It's not a cure, but it does dampen the inflammatory response. And those are things that uh, you should know about of what's been published, um, and they have some promise. And th- those things are things like vitamin D or selenium and glutathione, other things that we'll get into. But let's first talk about the controversial things, the things that are totally outdated and things you need to be really aware of. So iodine is one of the things that your thyroid gland needs in order to make thyroid hormones. But for most people that have hypothyroidism, they don't have it because of an iodine deficiency. They have it because they have an autoimmune response against the thyroid gland. And in this autoimmune response against the thyroid gland, um, there's immune reactions against the enzyme that makes thyroid hormones called thyroid perioxidase or TPO. And with people that have um, Hashimoto's, what they find is that iodine actually increases this inflammatory response. And there's been at least 20 large clinical trials that have shown this. And they haven't, they've shown this because they go into regions of the world where there's actual iodine deficiency, and they give them iodine to help reverse their, their condition, but they see a massive flare-up, a statistically significant flare-up, not due to chance, that's reproducible in every one of these clinical trials, that it actually flares up the autoimmune response. So as they increase iodine intake, that increases the um, autoimmune or oxidative inflammatory response against this TPO reaction, and their thyroid condition progresses. And these have been done in those types of clinical trials. There's been uh, uh, epidemiological studies where they look at different regions of the world where they've increased iodized salt and monitored patients' thyroid conditions over time, and they've seen dramatic spikes 
of thyroid conditions, even dose-dependent and the amount of iodine that has been used. And then there's now been three clinical trials where they've taken patients that actually have Hashimoto's hypothyroidism and put them on iodine restrictions, uh, like less than 100 micrograms of iodine per day, and they've seen that there's dramatic improvements in many of the subjects in these studies that go on an actually iodine-restricted diet. Now, you have to understand, if you're taking a, if you have Hashimoto's, even if you take a multivitamin, you may have more than 100 micrograms of iodine in that multivitamin. Um, and if you're taking iodine as a supplement, you're definitely crossing that threshold. So one of the things that is very controversial is the use of iodine. Now, you also have to remember that even though the thyroid gland needs iodine to um, produce thyroid hormones, it really needs a very small amount. It needs like a pinhead of iodine uh, uh, over the course of many, many months to have the levels of iodine it needs to produce thyroid hormones. And there's really no study that's ever shown which has also been investigated, that taking iodine increases your thyroid hormone levels in any way. So what we tend to see is that people that really don't understand the literature, people that are really outdated, people that are still practicing the nutrition from decades ago, or having any patient that comes in with a thyroid condition, putting them in iodine. And if you are a person listening to this podcast and you've worked with a healthcare professional that thinks your thyroid disorder is related to iodine, I would say... Be careful. You may be with someone who doesn't understand these uh, current current mechanisms. And actually, not even current. These are things that have been going on for over 20 years now. And the research keeps proving this, this same pathway. So, so one of the things to clear up the confusion about supplements is that, yes, iodine is necessary for the thyroid gland. You need such a small amount of it, you can get it from just an average diet. And taking iodine supplements may actually flare up the autoimmune response. If you ever go on various forums where thyroid thyroid uh, patients discuss their outcomes, you will see that this is an issue. Now, back in, I can't remember, uh, 15 years ago, <laughs> something over 15 years ago, when I wrote my first book, Why Do I Still Have Thyroid Symptoms and My Lab Tests Are Normal? I really brought up this whole iodine issue, uh, again, 15 years ago, and it was very controversial back then, and many people were upset with me. And... Uh, in the past 15 years, every major study that's come out has really confirmed this this reaction. So this is very clear in the peer-reviewed literature to the point where um, it's, it's it's absolutely a contraindication if you have hypothyroidism due to Hashimoto's to take, to take iodine. So just getting enough of it from food may be okay. And then even more surprisingly, the, these three studies that show with human subjects that iodine restriction becomes very useful. So that's that's the first thing I want to clear up with the confusion. Then let's talk about tyrosine. Tyrosine is an amino acid, and tyrosine is also a building block for thyroid hormones. So uh, again, in the world of outdated nutrition, a lot of practitioners use tyrosine. And tyrosine is basic amino acid. And the interesting thing about tyrosine is that studies do show when you take tyrosine, it does increase, not thyroid hormones, because that's never been shown to happen, but it does increase catecholamines. And catecholamines are things like epinephrine, norepinephrine. So it's a precursor for both epinephrine, norepinephrine, and thyroid hormones. But no clear change in any study with thyroid hormones, but some change in the urinary excretion of these catecholamines. Now, catecholamines are like adrenaline. So for some people, when they take tyrosine, they notice that benefit. But when their catecholamine levels go up, it's just like drinking coffee. You get a little bit more energy. You get a little more of a stimulation effect. And that's often misinterpreted as they're making more thyroid hormones, but they're actually not. They're probably just getting their catecholamine levels up a little bit, just like when you drink a little bit of coffee. 
tyrosine doesn't have that same effect for everyone, but it does have it for some. So some people really feel that when they take tyrosine, that it's actually helping their thyroid, but it has no real, real significant effect. So that's that's the tyrosine story. Let's get into the next major mis uh, you know, misinterpreted supplement and areas of confusion. And this is where thyroid glandular supplements come in. So there's... First of all, no real good research on thyroid glandulars on thyroid function, but there are very real anecdotal impacts of thyroid glandulars. Now, the issue with thyroid glandulars is some people use them with the assumption that there's still some thyroid hormones in the glandular, um, and it's just a way for people to, to get some thyroid activity that's not to the level of a pharmaceutical. But this is all theory, and you know batches change from from one batch to the next. And then there's various theories and marketing campaigns of like, oh, if it's a gland, if it's a thyroid glandular from New Zealand or from Australia, that's better than this. Or, But again, these are just marketing. None of this has clearly been shown. Now, there are some people that actually do notice a big difference. I've seen this anecdotally in my own practice. When they take some thyroid glandulars, they notice that it does give them more energy but it will never change a lab test. We've never, in over 20 years of looking at thyroid panels, <laughs> patients taking thyroid glandulars, they've never seen it change someone's thyroid hormone levels or TSH. So it may have some effect with some people. It's hard to say what that effect is, but it's never a substitute for thyroid replacement. And one of the most dangerous things we see all the time is people that actually have true hypothyroidism, true disease of the thyroid gland, elevated TSH levels, abnormal labs, and then they go see someone and they take them off their thyroid hormones or say they don't need them anymore. They can just take this glandular, which is really a problem. So that's one thing uh, that should not happen. So be aware of that. So those are the three main controversial supplements, iodine, tyrosine, and thyroid glandulars that are out there. But let's talk about some things that have actually has some good research behind it and may have some some benefits for people that are dealing with Hashimoto's. So the first one is vitamin D. So now there are numerous studies in vitamin D, and vitamin D is really has an explosion research for all types of conditions. And we know that vitamin D is actually a hormone, and we can make vitamin D from sunlight ourselves uh, through different metabolic pathways. But vitamin D is a very powerful immune modulator. So there are various studies published, numerous and, and, and numerous studies published on vitamin D having an immune modulating role, which is so critical for people that have Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. And vitamin D also has some specific research where it shows that it impacts thyroid inflammatory responses in Hashimoto's. So, you know, vitamin D besides Hashimoto's hypothyroidism is just good for general immunity. It's good for bone health. It's good for the brain. So you definitely want to make sure if you have Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, you get your vitamin D levels checked and, you know, maybe one of the things that you include in your normal protocol. I think most people will benefit from taking a multivitamin, things like vitamin D, as a general routine thing. There is some research on magnesium calming down thyroid inflammation. So what I want to get into now are some of the nutraceuticals that have been shown to dampen neuroinflammatory responses in the thyroid gland itself. So magnesium has a couple studies, um, but again, magnesium is not harmful. And for some people, it really helps them with sleep and and stress levels. Um, and many people, especially those that take diuretics and get a lot of exercise and sweating, become magnesium depleted. So uh, magnesium may have some promise. But selenium has some very interesting studies on it. So selenium as a nutraceutical has definitely been shown to dampen 
the inflammatory response in some human studies. Selenium has been shown to dampen TPO activity, so it doesn't cure it. Again, no nutraceutical cures hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's, but it dampens some of these inflammatory responses. And in, in addition to selenium, myo-inositol, which is a, a, very, it's a B vitamin variant, uh, and, and even some studies with selenium and myonosyl together have been shown to reduce T thyroid antibody levels, the autoimmune response, the inflammation, the thyroid gland. So that can be very useful. And then the last part of nutraceutical research that's been that's been shown to have some promise are antioxidants. So things like glutathione, uh, turmeric, resveratrol, apigenin, rosemary extract. They t tend to have some anti-inflammatory properties that seem to be very useful for for thyroid swelling, thyroid inflammation. Um, but again, these are not cures. They're just nutraceuticals to decrease the inflammatory expression of them. So those are some of the things you should be aware of as far as the main nutraceuticals that are out there. Now, um, I go into the research and actually show you uh, the specifics of these studies in our program that I developed called Hashimoto's um, Solving the Puzzle. If you want to learn more about that course where we get into uh, diet, nutrition, lifestyle, talk about the, the, the real research behind nutraceuticals, the limitations, and some of the potential benefits with them, um, and then how to go through the process of trying to, trying to figure out these strategies for yourself, um, please check out the Hashimoto Solving the Puzzle course, course at Dr. K News. Uh, thanks so much for your time. You can find all of this information and more at drknews.com slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, readings, and links related to this episode. You can also find Dr. Karazian's blog at drknews.com. The best thing to do is sign up for his weekly newsletter, where he will update you on the latest research and clinical strategies related to chronic and autoimmune health conditions. On social, you can find him on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest with the username Datis Karazian. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. And note, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to the podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. To learn more about Dr. Karazian's disclosures and the companies he advises, please visit drknews.com forward slash about. <laughs>